Well, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Second Timothy chapter 1 this morning. As we draw this uh, series to a close, um, if you want to put your finger in John chapter 4, uh, we'll be looking at some passages there in John chapter 4. That is, if you're familiar with that chapter, and I, I think most of you are, it's been preached on recently, I think a couple times. Uh, the woman at the well, as we often uh, refer to it. Uh, so, but as we draw this series to a close, uh, we're going to talk about sharing the message of Christ this morning. But First Timothy chapter one and verse nine. <clears throat> excuse me, Second Timothy. I have it in my notes as First Timothy, and when I turned there, I realized it was wrong. And but I keep looking at my notes. Second Timothy chapter one. Verse 9, the Word of God says this, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So, sharing the message of Christ. There was a salesman that uh, was disappointed about uh, losing a big sale. He had went to his manager and he was lamenting, and he said, I guess I just, it just proves you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The manager replied, son, take my advice. Your job is not to make him drink. Your job is to make him thirsty. And sharing the message of Christ is similar to that. I'm not talking about a lifestyle evangelism where you never say anything about Christ and uh, but the reality is your life ought to line up with what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> and that can be hard at times. Because if you're like me, you're not perfect. It could be challenging. Uh, but do people notice that you're different? And I know I preached a similar thought on Wednesday night. and um, So I don't want to weary you with the, the same thing over and over. But our culture promotes relativism. Uh, there's a lot of spiritual confusion. Um, but the message of Christ has not changed since the first century. First uh, Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory <clears throat> what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. The Gospel's simple. I had of, what is life all about? What does this thing mean? Where am I going to go when I die? Am I just going to cease to... I, did, I, re, I remember those thoughts distinctly. And then when I was confronted with my sin... And told the glorious news there was a Savior. And I trusted Him. It changed my life. But somebody had to be faithful to share that message with me. And to my knowledge, that person is still serving the Lord today. And that I think that's about six months ago last I heard any updates about that individual. And I bring that up because 
I have nothing negative to say about it. I know that person's not perfect. But their life lined up with what they were teaching and preaching. And it still impacts me today. If his life had not lined up with what he was preaching, I probably would have had more doubts or questions about, wait a second, you're saying this. I can have salvation and live in victory and live for God, but look at your life. And so uh, what, a, what a blessing to know that by the grace of God, he's still serving the Lord. Can that be said in our lives today? Are we consistent about the message that we share? Because the reality is sometimes we do share Christ. I hope you do anyway. Uh, I know I do. Uh, I have uh, those invite cards uh, in all of our vehicles. I carry them in my little notebook and in my Bible and things, and I pass them out. I don't pass them out to everybody I come in contact with. Uh, I can't admit that to you this morning, but there are times where the Holy Spirit says, hey, here's an opportunity. And so I share that message. My hope is that they'll see something in me that's different than the Jehovah's Witness, the Mormon, or the whoever that's sharing whatever with them. Because they're getting bombarded with stuff. There's spiritual war taking place in our community here. And so uh, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He died for your sins and he was raised for your justification. And as we've gone through this, we've talked about being conformed to his image. And he asks us to join in fulfilling his purpose by sharing the message. He wants, to share the mes- he wants us to share the message. John 20, 21, then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. <clears throat> I think, and I don't know why, maybe it's because the Lord's just really working in my heart and in my life in certain ways and in my family's life, actually, really. Um, I don't think we take ownership of that verse. He has sent us to share that message. But I'm afraid oftentimes our life is not consumed with sharing the message of Christ. It's consumed with so many other things. As we become more like Christ, it should be natural or really the spiritual result would be for us to share the message the natural occurrence would be for the message to go forth. You cannot be more like Christ and not share the gospel. That was his entire mission. That was his entire purpose. Everything he did on this earth was centered around reaching the lost. And so if you think that you're getting closer to Christ... And you're not witnessing more. I challenge you to evaluate your relationship. Perhaps it's a self-righteous, pharisaical conforming that has taken place in your life rather than a spiritual Christ-likeness transformation 
that we hear about in God's word. The gospel is the most important message in the world. I have Facebook and sometimes I don't know why I have it. I like to connect with family and some friends, but there's a lot of garbage on there. And what I've noticed, if I share a verse of scripture, which I, I don't share a lot of anything on social media, but if I share a verse, I get very few likes. But if I share a meme about coffee, I get comments and likes and the thing explodes. And so that is an indication to me that we're all, because, listen, and I don't have a bunch of weird, wacko, you know, unbelieving people that are my friends on Facebook. So let me preface it with that, right? These are people, most, the majority of them claim Christ. So when you share the Bible, you'd think they would get excited about it, but that's not the case. You know, I shared one yesterday. It said, um, safety first. And it said, no, coffee first. Safety's more like fourth or fifth. It's funny, right? Um, I hate to admit it, but as a CE guy, that was probably the truth. Uh, safety wasn't always the most important thing. Mission accomplishments sometimes hinder that. But what? People seem to just love that kind of stuff. But when you share the Bible, it's silence. There's a problem. We're saying that we are all about the gospel and we're saying that our lives are all about reaching the lost. But when the rubber meets the road, I don't think that's taking place. By and large. By and large. I'm not saying we're complete failures at everything, but what I'm saying is we're not doing what, what we could be doing. And I'm fully convinced of that as I evaluate Christianity. Um, even as I evaluate independent Baptist, I think that's the truth. Sometimes we're more worried about our hobby horses than we are the gospel. And we get focused on things that really shouldn't be the main thing. So as you become more like Christ, as we've talked about these last weeks, as you abide in the vine, there shall be fruit. And if there's not, what you think you're abiding in is not Christ. Just something's not connected there. There, There's something's not taking place. You might feel good. Your conscience might be soothed that, hey, I'm better than I once was. But the reality is, if you're not reaching the lost, there's something's not right. Something's not right, and I challenge you to evaluate that. He came. And if you would, I I told you John chapter 4. I I don't want to read this whole thing. There's verse 30-some verses, and really down through the end, that whole chapter. But uh, we're going to pull a few thoughts out of here. Uh, Christ's purpose in coming to this earth took him a necessary way. He had to come, and he had to die. But in this example, in the first verse 4, it says he must needs go through Samaria. Christ felt compelled to take this particular route to meet this particular woman. He was compelled to go a certain way. We would call that Holy Spirit-led today, I believe. He was led of the Spirit. 
Uh, he was filled with the Spirit. We know our Savior was filled with the Spirit. Uh, and so, no doubt, he was uh, following the Lord's leadership. Uh, Proverbs, or Psalm 37, 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. If a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord, how much more were Christ's? Listen, his purpose of reaching lost people took him to a necessary place to meet a spiritual need. Have you ever felt moved to the Spirit to go to a particular direction? Uh, to go to a, a, a different route than maybe you would have taken uh, to, to speak to someone about Christ? I know I have. But you know what also I have to admit this morning? I haven't always been obedient. To my shame, I have to admit that. Boy, how many more people could we reach? God's not calling us to appointments with people on accident. He's working in their life. And if, if the laborer, if the servant is inobedient, opportunities are missed. People die and go to hell every day. Perhaps the people that the Lord was going to bring us into contact with that we might share Christ. And again, it's not about whether they receive Christ or not. It's just about us being obedient. We don't have to make them drink. We're not going to stick their head in the toilet bowl and give them a swirly about it. But it's, hey, share the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. But we need to be obedient. You know, I felt that way before to, to share Christ with a coworker, a friend, a relative. I believe that's what Christ was experiencing in this passage. The Holy Spirit was leading him and directing him. Uh, God was, was guiding him to the right place at the right time. <clears throat> and so as you go about your day and, and inconveniences pop up and things happen, don't just take those as inconveniences and happenstance. Perhaps the Lord is putting together a meeting. And use that as an opportunity to share Christ. Because again, you said you're being conformed to his image. If you don't share Christ, the message of Christ, the gospel, the good news, you're not like Christ. That's the sobering truth. Because that was his business, that was his purpose. His primary and sole focus. And so don't tell people that you're a Christian and think that that's good. Oh, I told them I'm a Christian. Well, a Christian's going to share the gospel. A Christian's going to witness. And that doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. Really, I've come to find out it's much easier not to be a jerk. <laughs> I'm 41 years old. It took me a while. Our Savior wasn't a jerk. He was patient and kind. And I know people can be challenging. People can be difficult. I mean, this lady was avoiding and dodging, and we won't get into that. I think it was preached very well recently. But, you know, he, tried to, he stayed on point, on focus, her need. She needed living water. Listen, I... Christ wants us to be a witness throughout the normal everyday circumstances of our life. It's not about showing up to a door knocking event 
or showing up to Saturation Saturday or even a bus visitation time. It's about being a genuine Christian every day of our lives. So the people around us, they think, man, this person's different. Why are they different? Well, they're like Jesus. They've been changed into the image of, our, of Christ. And it creates a thirst in them. Uh, and, and again, there doesn't mean they're going to get saved, but listen, they ought to go, wow, something's different there. And it provides opportunity to share the gospel. It took him to a needy woman. He had this divine appointment. Uh, I, I just am blown away at how focused our Savior was on this mission. She tried to distract him in the conversation, uh, but he wouldn't allow it. I'm going to jump through some notes here so we can get done with some of this this morning. I want to emphasize a thought with you this morning. The gift of salvation is to everyone. Sometimes in our mind we get this attitude that certain people may not need to hear that. The gift of eternal life is for everyone. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. In verse 9, John chapter 4, it says, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me? which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Despite our nation's history, I think there's still a lot of this that takes place where there are some people that just don't deserve it or I'm not going to be the one to share the gospel with those people. How ridiculous is that for those that claim Christ to even attempt to say that there's any grounds for such a thing. The gospel's for everyone. It was for the world. He died for the world. There was a lot of racial tension here in the day of, of Christ when uh, between the Jews and the Samaritans and things like that, it's no different in our nation today. The devil's using it to divide us, to tear us down. And unfortunately, in Christianity today, we're more focused on dealing with BLM than we are sharing Christ. And we've distracted ourselves from sharing Christ from people on both sides of the discussion or the argument. We're missing the mark. <clears throat> people are in iniquity. They're in sin. They need a Savior. Christ talks about her iniquities and her sins here. I mean, he calls her out. I was with a man door knocking one time when I was young. I was in my young 20s. And uh, we, we, locked a, we knocked a lot of doors when we were in Las Vegas. It was a new church plant. And, and, and there wasn't a week that didn't go by that we didn't knock doors. 
you know, usually a couple days a week, definitely on Saturdays. And there was a man, I was at the door with him. Good man, he's in heaven now. And he called this lady out for the exact same thing that Christ called the Samaritan woman at the well out. I wanted to hide in his breast pocket. And you know what she did? She said, you know what, you're right. It is sin. I am a sinner. She did not receive Christ that day, but I learned a valuable lesson from Darwin Terry that if the Holy Spirit's leading, you can't go wrong. Listen, our boldness to share the message doesn't come from ourselves. Oftentimes when we think it does, that's when we're rude and abrasive and arrogant about it. But when it's truly Holy Spirit-led, you can say things, and when the Holy Spirit has been working in that individual's life, it will be more effective than anything you ever could study and prepare and plan for. Listen, it's about conforming to His image and walking in His Word and being filled with the Spirit. That's, what, that's how we reach people. We don't reach people because we memorize the Romans road and we can regurgitate it and spit it up very quickly and, and so fast that somebody's not even really comprehending it. Listen, if we're going to do what Christ has left us here to do, we need to be filled with the Spirit, walking according to His Word, Because if not, it's going to be of little or no effect. His word will not return void, but boy, how much more powerful when it's laced with the Spirit of God. Because of the life that lines up with the Word of God and the message that we're trying to share. I'm not saying you go call everybody out on their sins that you notice when you come to their front door. That's not what I'm saying. But if the Holy Spirit leads you to say it, bam. But the re- if you don't know what the Holy Spirit connection feels like, it's kind of hard. Because yeah. maybe you want to say it in your flesh. Yeah. Maybe, But listen, when you're walking in the Spirit and the Spirit urges you to do something, boy, you can't go wrong. This woman was faced with the fact that she needed living water. Not because he was rude. Not because he was going through some scripted line of discussion or discourse that he had practiced and planned. He was filled with the Spirit. He was led of the Spirit. And he was able to connect to her, obviously understanding the culture and the the belief of the day. I mean, she gave the, the religious excuse. She said, we worship in the, the mountain, right? And she was basically saying, I have a church, I have a denomination, I have a belief system. But it's like, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. Because if we're not careful in our places of work and, and, and with our coworkers and things, they can look at, oh yeah, they go to Liberty. They go to Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. Well, I go over here and, and they, they're, they're going to a false church that doesn't have the Bible, that doesn't preach the gospel. And if you haven't spoke up, they think they're doing okay. It's just they go to a different building with different people. They don't understand. She didn't understand what Christ was trying to tell her. You have a real need. 
And so it's not lifestyle evangelism. It's not everybody knows you're a good person just because you go to church. It's I'm a good person because God changed me. And let me tell you how he can change you. Because that church you go to isn't telling you these things that are from the word of God. It's not the truth. Pray for, I hate to say his name. I'm getting recorded now. It goes on the interwebs. But I'll say his name. Justin Schultz. I worked with him in the Air Force and I, I saw him this week and <clears throat> witnessed to him. And, and uh, I want to see him come to Christ. And he, he's actually going to uh, a community church now, which is far different. He grew up not in church. His wife's a Catholic. Uh, and so he's, I mean, that's a big change for them. And so I'm hoping as they hear some of those things that I'm able to connect some of the dots. Whether the Lord would use me at least, you know. Uh, but he needs to be saved. <laughs> and he's not going to get saved if I don't say anything. I have to share the message. He knows I go to Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. He knows I'm a good person. I'm not one of the guys that runs around and swears and things. He, he's told me that. He respects me. But we need to share Christ. Why am I different? Why are you different in your workplace or in your, listen, in your family? Some of you don't work anymore. Tell your family you're faithful to church because you love God, not just because the church tells me I need to be there. We're missing the mark in many cases. Listen, Christ has power to save. He has the power. He, He came with a promise, but he came with the power to back up that promise. He rose from the dead. He has the power of life and death. He can save. No other religion of any of the people that you're going to come amongst are going to be able to say that. They're offering a false bill of goods. We know the one that's defeated death. Boy, I don't run around and shout, but I feel like I could. That's a big deal. He has the power to save. Listen, once Christ saves us, he gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And we've talked about these over the, I'm kind of trying to sum up what we've talked about those last few weeks, but he is the one that gives us the power to share the message boldly. You're not going to do it yourself. You can memorize all the right things to say. You can even outwardly conform your life to line up with what you think it should be. But to be truly effective in sharing the message, you have to be spirit-filled. That's where the power to reach the lost is. In verse 26, he says, I am he. I'm the Messiah. I'm the Christ. I'm the one that has the power. I am the one that, that can save. There was a... Dr. Paul Brand, I don't, I don't know much about him. I just came across this illustration. But he was speaking to a medical college in India on the verse Matthew 
I'll read the verse to you. It says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your work, good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So he's given a lecture or he's speaking on this. And he had placed a candle, uh, a lamp, uh, with a wick going down into the oil at the front of his, his platform or his, his pulpit. And uh, as he was giving his, his message or his lecture, uh, <clears throat> there was only a very little bit of oil in that reservoir uh, for the wick. And as he preached, the lamp's oil ran out. And that wick began to burn and dry. And the smoke of it actually made him cough a little bit there. And he stopped in the middle of that message and he took the opportunity and said this. He said, some of us here are like this wick. We are trying to shine for the glory of God, but we stink. That's what happens when we use ourselves as fuel for our witness rather than the Holy Spirit. Wicks can really last indefinitely, burning brightly and without irritating smoke if the fuel or the Holy Spirit is in constant supply. You can't do it in your own power. You'll fail. And you'll fail miserably. And the reality is, in many cases, you'll bring reproach upon the name of Christ and you'll really do more harm than ever good. And I have to admit that because I've had some blunders in my day. People that I was going to attempt to reach for Christ and I was doing it all in my flesh. And I think I left them more confused and frustrated and after our discussion. So Lord, help me to have another opportunity with that individual where I'm filled with the Spirit and connected to the vine like I ought to be in order to share that message. Don't attempt to serve Christ in your flesh. It will never work. Our world hasn't changed really much since the first century here when we see this example of Christ. When the woman in John 4, what did she do after she received Christ? She left her water pots. And she went to tell others. What was her primary purpose for what she was doing that, at that time? And the day all of a sudden became a secondary concern. And I'm afraid Christians today have not left their water pots. Perhaps they have received the gift of Christ and, and they're saved, praise God. Yet so as by fire. Because they're consuming themselves with the material things and the water pots are still there. And they're distracted and unable to effectively... Listen, that woman went in a town of people are saved. I think the gospel works if it's executed the way God intended it for it to be. Throw out the water pots. Get rid of the distractions. We have faucets in our homes. We have more modern convenience than ever before. We should be more efficient and capable to share Christ than any other generation. And I don't think that's the case. 
We definitely know it's not the case if you want to compare us to the 12. And those that turn the world upside down. That blows my mind. We're more concerned with mowing our yards, making sure it looks nice. Because we don't got time for anything else on Saturday because I work Monday through Friday. So Saturday, I got to go make sure I get the yard mowed. Boy. Now, listen, things got to get done. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But what I'm telling you is, where's our focus? When she received Christ, it changed her life. And it was such a change. I mean, she was a sinner on her way to hell. She understood that. Christ revealed that. He shared that with her. And she said, wow, this is the Christ. She believes on him, and what does she do? She shares that information with others. And they come, they hear. And if you read that whole chapter, many of them, they came to Christ, and they believed because of his words, not just because of what she said as well. Leave your water pots and get busy about sharing the message of Christ. In our community right now, there are men and women seeking change. They're looking for something. They know they're missing something. They don't know what it is. They're crying out. We have the answer. The gospel. The good news. The answer is here. But if your life testimony does not line up, it's hard to witness. This morning I want to encourage you to go make someone thirsty by showing the love of Christ. And then, quench that thirst by sharing the message. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, my heart's burdened. I pray you'd make me a better witness. I pray that our church would bind together in unity to share the message of Christ with those that we come in contact with every day. Help us now, Lord. And Father, we do pray for the morning message. We ask that you be with our pastor. Lord, it's good to have him back and to see him healthy. We just pray you'd fill him with the Spirit, Lord, and strengthen him. Pray that the Word of God would have free course and that you would touch hearts and move in lives today. And Lord, our prayer is that nobody would leave this place the same. Lord, that if they need Christ, they would turn to Him and be saved today, Lord, and that Christians would turn to You and deal with the things of their life that need dealt with, and Lord, that You would strengthen us to live a life honoring to You, and we'll give You the praise and glory for all that You do in and through us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.